Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Mike Machuga. Mike is the head coach of the women's bowling team at Mercyhurst University. Mike himself bowled collegiately at the University of Nebraska. Mike, it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we did one of these shows. Then it was myself and Steve Klempkin, my co-host at the time. But we talked to you when you were in the process of building your building the, the program there and uh, at Mercyhurst with the women. Now, fast forward to where we're at here, and you guys just uh, in the 2022 McKendry Bearcat Open, your, your team overall, you guys finished second, beating some pretty big teams. This was a, a pretty a, some stiff competition you guys were up against there. How has the team grown since we last talked? There was COVID we were all dealing with, and there was there was those obstacles, and then there was just even you. T- you even I, I went back and listened to our interview. You said I need to get five ladies that we can put a score out there. Is is one of the quotes you had? You're certainly putting scores out there. How have you been able to pull things together as quick as you have with the group of uh, athletes that you're you're getting there? Well, I, I think we've been just very fortunate to um, land some ladies here at Mercyhurst that uh, are really passionate about the game. Um, they're they're willing to uh, make changes to their fundamentals and and work very very hard at it. Um, you know, early on, it, it was just a matter of who, who could you get to come to a, a brand new program that's got you know no success rate or or hasn't proven anything and and we were lucky to uh to land uh Haley Uker early um who's just I think the best lefty in the country and um my two other sam- uh seniors Sammy and Sammy um are just workhorses they 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 bust their butts and and have improved and and following them each class uh we've we've landed a, a couple hard workers that are very open minded and and uh, we're we're bare bones fundamentals here at Mercyhurst, and and I think that's you know we might not, not might not be building superstar players, but we're building a program that works well uh, as a team with uh, some pretty just simple fundamentals, uh, focusing on uh, balanced posture and timing and swing plane. And when you get all those things lined up, it's easy. It's much easier for them to reach repeat shots as a team. And I think uh, my experience about uh, reading lanes uh, helps a lot. Uh, getting the right ball in their hand, getting the, to play the right part of the lane um, goes a long way. You kind of touched on there about you You saying you're reading the lanes well. And, and first off, you know, Sammy's out here from Utah. She's a great girl, and I'm really glad that you've been able to help her grow as a person and as a bowler. So that's very good to hear. But, yes, you touched on you, like you said, about reading lanes well, but also – you bowled at the highest level, compete at the highest level. You won at the highest level, and you are still competing at the highest level. So, you know, what was it like in your first year or two, you know, in this thing, going from a successful player and now becoming a successful coach? What was that transition like? And if you are still going through it, what's it been like going from the, the caliber player that you are to being now a coach for these, for these girls? 
I, I think there's quite a few different components of that. Uh, I, I'm certainly not through the learning curve. Uh, I'm always learning. Matter of fact, this past weekend, I picked up on a couple of things that the better teams do uh, fundamentally that um, kind of changed the way I was thinking about uh, the way I teach um, just one little aspect with the with the release at the foul line. But, uh, I, yeah, a lot of different components to it. Uh, one that sticks out is – is that when you read lanes on tour, you're reading for 90% of the field has got a rev rate of over 400. Uh, and when we're looking at uh, NCAA women's bowling, that those balls are traveling a lot slower and they're not spinning as fast and the lane breaks down a lot different. So, um, you know, I find, uh, I find us kind of staying in the same part of the lane uh, longer throughout the day and going down in balls rather than uh, the giant steps left on tour. Um, it's a lot different reading that, you know, after the track kind of gets tore up a little bit, reading that puddle in the middle and how the how the ball interacts going in and out of it. Um, it's a lot different with the lower rev rates. So that was a that was an adjustment for me early on. Um, now, actually, I think I get confused on my own. I don't I don't uh, make the moves as fast and as big as I used to, probably because of of the smaller moves to make when coaching, but, um, uh, just the, you know, the, the joy of it is, is amazing. I, I love coaching so much. I love being able to teach, uh, people to do things that they never believed they could do or never even thought they could do. Um, and, uh, you know, see them accomplish things like that is, is just remarkable. We, we, we seem to have a, a moment like that with, uh, you know, a couple of them a week, it seems like, and, and they, they feel something or we're able to do something. And then, and, you know, it's like, it's like it's Christmas morning to them. They just, they just discovered something new and, and it's, um, you know, it's just, it's just awesome. And then, uh, you know, they get to put the work in to repeat that. And that's, that's how we make the steps. That was one of the things I, I made some notes here that you had mentioned on the previous show is you worked on the fundamentals with the, the ladies you were getting, and now you wanted to teach them how to bowl after the foul line. Has, how has that process been, teaching them the more, in, you know, the more ins and outs and some of the little nuances that you're going to see that will help them as a, as a, a teammate to their, you know, at, when they're bowling for you, but then ultimately if their choice is to bowl on the PWBA tour or, or move forward in their game and their career once they graduate. Yeah. Um, again, there's a, a few different components to that. Um, I've actually got a few of them out there right now. We got, uh, we got a shipment in to, to drill some balls, some defender hybrids and, uh, and some webs and, and, um, uh, I've, I've uh, I've gone through teaching a few of them how to actually use a turbo sec and and to lay out that lay their out uh, own balls out and what it means and and uh, you know that's it's really cool that some of them are ready uh, for that stage um, and as you go through the program it's you know, some of them are going to want to learn that some of them won't but um, but I'd like to uh, get all of them a little bit of knowledge that way but but also uh, one of the big things this weekend was you can't practice. A pressure situation. You can't practice with that much adrenaline rush and the nerves and the shakes. You have to be in that situation and experience it. Um, so teaching them how to bowl is, is, is also a lot of, um, how to handle those emotions, how to stay focused. What, what are the key things to be thinking about when you're in those situations? Um, and, uh, you know, that's going well. It seems like they, uh, they they feed off of every opportunity they get and and when 
when you know when there is failure, you fall up short. Um, you know, they just get right back up on the horse and they go do it again. They're not afraid of it at all. And and uh, and uh, yeah, uh, also taking our practice games to competition has been uh, one of those things about you know how to how to bowl, so to speak, instead of just how to throwing a, a ball is how to get your head in the right place to go out there and compete for, for six hours uh, in, in, you know, five-man bowling, five-woman five bowling. It, there's a lot of time in between shots. So rather than being on a rapid fire like we do in practice, how to you know, kind of pace yourself and, and be able to think about the right things when it's your turn. You guys have accomplished so much at such a, a fast rate. Um, I guess what was something that you really focused on initially to, to grow at the rate you are because the reason I say that is because there are a lot of programs that just immediately get there and just they have talent. They have people who can hook it. They have people that who know how to read lanes. What was really the initial um, aspect that you focused on as you were growing the girls? Was it immediately fair shooting? Was it physical game? What was, what was something that you really focused on first to get them at the rapid pace they're at now? Um. <clears throat> Uh, my biggest focus is, is always timing. I believe if you get the swing uh, in the proper synch- synchronization with the legs, you are then uh, able to create, you know, your maximum potential power. Um, and if you can create the as loose of a swing as possible with the proper timings, you're going to create a straighter swing pass for one, but also one that's 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 uh, much more repeatable. Um, so. The two main things that I focus on in my teaching is one timing, get the ball into the swing so that it can be a, a pendulum and get those feet moving. You'll never hear me say to any of them ever, to any of my students, uh, to slow your feet down. Uh, I'm always trying to get the ball into the swing in a way to speed the feet up. That's how you create ball speed without effort. And um, I think we've, we've done a really good job of that here, uh, especially with the you know, we, we haven't had the most accomplished players come here. They don't they don't have much ball speed when they get here, but we get them that ball speed quickly. And, and once we get that swing to be nice and free and the, and the feet to move freely, um, it's a lot easier to uh, keep the ball online and repeat shots. As you set up which tournaments you're going to be bowling this year, how, what what went into your thought process into doing that as far as travel mm-hmm. goes and where where you want to go and where you want to what your expectations are for the team yeah you know it, it, we don't have a big budget so we got to be you know kind of financially responsible uh but at the same time we knew we were getting to a point uh that we needed to uh, strengthen our strength and a uh, strength of schedule uh we had to we had to get ourselves to places where we can see the the better teams, you know, the top ten, top five ranked teams. We got to compete against them, um, one, so that they can see us, and, and you know, hopefully we can win their votes in the polls. Uh, but also, you know, you got to keep them in check a little bit. Um, they're able to to win a few tournaments against our family of schools here around uh, around the Great Lakes, uh, mainly uh, like Damon, Duyuville, Madai, Roberts, Wesleyan. Uh, we see them a lot. We were able to win some of those tournaments, but none of us are really high enough up in the rankings to get uh, a good number of strength of schedule. So um, that's why we added McKendry this year. We knew that uh, some of the better teams were going to be there. I think there was supposed to be seven of the top 25 were supposed to be there, and Arkansas couldn't make it. But um, uh, that was big to, to compete back-to-back weekends against Nebraska. 
and then um, um, finally get to compete against McKendry and and the girls. I think are now realizing that wow, we are we are just a a step or two behind um, being able to really go honestly toe to toe with those teams. We're we're not quite there yet. We can we can hang with them, but um, uh, we get to we got to improve on some little things a, a little bit more. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was all about improving the the strength of schedule from years past, just uh, just a little bit to get to get some more points. So let's talk about you know your university. Tell us a little bit about the university and maybe the amount of students that are there. What's life like like a student there? What's practice like? Tell us a little bit about the university and kind of what you guys would experience a day in life um, being a student there. Well, well, we're a liberal arts, liberal arts school. Uh, it's just a private university. We call it up on the hill here in Erie. Uh, very beautiful, um, older architecture, which I think is is just gorgeous. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful campus for small. All students um, live on campus, so it's a it's a bit of a family. Um, um, I wouldn't say it's a glorified high school because it's a, obviously a much better education than that. But um, you know, if you like smaller class sizes and and being able to get to know your professors a little bit it's a it's a great place to be and as far as the program goes uh the bowling center is just five miles from campus it's a mile from my house um my pro shop is inside i have a key to the front door of the bowling center and pretty much free reign uh with the lane machine so we're able to have a very uh, uh versatile uh schedule with the ladies classes um pretty much lane availability uh, almost every day from 11 till six o'clock when the, when the oil machine comes through for leagues. Um, but even then they're usually able to save us uh, a pair or two uh, throughout the week into the evening hours uh, to allow the girls to pretty much get their practice in every day if they wish. Mike, how do you handle the, the history of our sport with them on the PBA side and then on the PWBA side, you didn't bowl there obviously, but just knowing some of the greats in your time and, and even some of them that have, have crossed over and bowled on uh, on the men's tour. But how do you handle that with them so they understand and are able to maybe gain a, a more appreciation for the sport? Well, they, they, uh, they joke around a lot that they stalk me on YouTube. So they are, they are kind of <laughs> YouTube old show junkies and, uh, and they, they hear me talk about, you know, the, the history of the game a lot and how passionate I am about uh, skill bowling and um, they actually all have their own skill ball, and we we practice quite a bit on just six, seven, at the most eight milliliters of oil. Um, one because when we put that out on Sunday or Monday, we're able to leave that out until Thursday night when uh, the All Stars Bowl. They need the whole house, but you don't have to worry about the lane breaking down for three days, and they don't have to come uh, come in with you know a six ball arsenal they can just grab their skill ball and come down and have as quality of practice as any and i think it's actually better practice because there's such uh more instant feedback when you're throwing a ball that doesn't have a weight block in it you know you got to earn you got to earn ball motion you got to earn um you know hitting power and get the ball to go through the pins the right way um you know you're not going to get away with kind of a thumb down twirl with a ball without a weight block in it, it's going to hit like a turd, or worse, it's going to wash out. So, uh, getting them to practice um, with a ball without a weight block in it gets their releases to be a little crisper. Um, so, I think that kind of answers your question a little bit. But uh, to go to the history of it, they're 
they're real quick to remind me of of things that I did in my past, and uh, and uh, and oftentimes I, I give them uh, people of my memory, both the men and the and the ladies tour um, people to watch that might have you know something like a release or a swing or a follow through that I, I felt was similar to theirs, or maybe we're trying to create a feel. I remember a, a few years ago, I had a girl that I wanted to watch. I wanted to have her watch him, let him on a celly because she got a little too closed at the top and we wanted to get her to open her hands so that she was able to get inside of it better on the way down. Uh, and it worked. She ended up watching some videos of Amletta when she was young or when he was young. Uh, and she was able to mimic that. So, so yeah, that's uh, that kind of gets them. They're YouTube junkies, so they find enough on their own. But I give them a I give them a few videos to to watch here and there. And of course, I can imagine they've seen the old classic Yuchuka flop. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> they they remind me all the time that if they win the ECC championship, I would uh, I would do the flop for them. But uh, I don't think any of them have actually seen it uh, live in person. So. Uh, Hopefully uh, we get a chance to uh, win the ECC this year, and and I'll grab a house ball and go diving down the lane. Yeah, that's that's definitely an instant classic. So I mean, you bring up a fantastic point in the fact of yes, you did bowl, you know, you know back in the, the back in the late nineties, early two thousands, and you definitely experienced a lot of things that some coaches that might not have bowled at that level consider they've experienced. Again, we bowled at such a a great height of bowling, and you say you're helping them with the release and, and maybe have a little more touch on the ball, where nowadays it might be a little bit different. So, again, so what else have you been able to add to these players from a player perspective? Like, what else have you been able to do for them? Because, again, the aspect of, you know, using a skill ball and having to touch the holes the right way, that's a that's a, a player-based thing that you can do because you were such a great player and still is such a great player. Um, in your own right. So what other things have you been able to add being such a player you are and being someone who bowls, you know, in the heyday as well? Well, I, I, I always call my, my center, my A1A, you know, zero, zero on a graph. I always fight to, to keep that in check because I have uh, so many different ways that I can, I can throw it with higher ball speed, lower ball speed, higher tilt, lower tilt. I'm one of the few, uh, out there that actually has control of their tilt and can manipulate it uh, more so than most. Um, and, of course, rotation. Well, managing all those things was always uh, a battle for me, and, and Norm Duke was a, a big help, and and uh, I don't do things nearly the same as Norm, but uh, he helped me build kind of a toolbox of managing these hundreds and maybe even into the thousand ways that, that I can throw a bowling ball and not get tangled up. Um, so always going back to who you are, that zero zero or that a one a, and then being able to easily say, well, this is how I build ball speed, or this is how I build rotation, or this is how I build RPMs. When you start multiplying those things and in my belief, it's always negative one zero and positive one. You either want your a one a your zero zero, or you want a little less, or you want a little more. And you, you factor in all those multiples of threes, and, and you can easily get the 27 or 81 or 243 different ways that you can throw it if you just learn very simple ways to dissect the game into what it is, and it's ball speed, rev rate, tilt, and rotation. Um, 
how can you achieve those different things and multiply them and keep them organized. Always come back to who you are at zero zero and then build your tools from there. So um, I don't know that anybody really thinks about things like I do like that. It probably sounds a little too complicated and people might even say, well, that's your problem on the tours. You never, you never broke it down and just said, this is how I throw it. Uh, I always had to throw it different, but that's kind of my mentality my whole life is nobody's going to tell me I can't do something. And because of that, I want to be able to do everything. I didn't like losing to somebody that, well, it's because they were able to do this better than you. Well, I'd go home and I'd figure out how to do it. Um, so I always wanted to have access to every, to every tool, every way to throw it and, uh, managing all of those ways to, to throw it. I think, uh, my learning process through, um, putting the toolbox together, I think is a big asset to the, to the girls in the way that I teach, because I'm not sure that anybody else can really experience it the same way. So Mike, how do you handle approach or how do you approach the mental game with the ladies and help them out? Because I'm sure they're all at different skill levels from when they, when they joined the program to where they're at now, how do you approach that mentally? And then as a program, like you said, starting from where you were at scratch to where you're at now, I'm sure there's there's thoughts, and, and maybe they don't know any better. Maybe that's the best part about it, frankly, is that they don't care about the name on the front of, of McKendry or Wichita State or Nebraska or whoever it is. They just go out there and make shots and chew up. Um, yeah, I, I, everybody's a little bit different when it comes to the, to the mental aspect, and, and I, obviously it depends on their skill level uh, at the time, but I, I'm kind of... I don't know. I don't like to teach really the way that I approach things. I look at everything going forward, um, and I think every day is different. So I'm not really that big into a, a pre-shot and do everything the same. But I know that there's a lot of a lot of people who who need that. Um, and I'll bring in my brother-in-law, Mike Shady, um, once or twice a year to talk to them and to have him give them his presentation because Mike is very methodical and very organized. And some of them, it's much better to do it Mike's way rather than mine, which is, how do I feel today? And this is how I'm going about it today. And I'm, and Mike's even told me that you can watch my pre-shot, and it ends up being the same um, you know, for the day, but it's not the same as it was yesterday. Um, I, I envy Tiger Woods because if you watch his pre-shot and his, and his putting, and in 20 years, he's done it exactly the same. The same kind of practice strokes, the same address. It's the same amount of time uh, while addressing it before he pulls the trigger. And, uh, you know, that's that's awesome that he can do that. Shannon O'Keefe is the same way. Uh, she's very, very organized in her pre-shot routine, and she does it the same pretty much every day. Um, I'm a lot different. I am much more of a grip-it-and-rip-it kind of guy than, than people would think. Um so, you know, one day I might have to, if the, if the, if the bowling center happens to be a little dusty, I'm going to have to, to, you know, put a little wipe of the shoes in to my pre-shot that might not have been there the day before. Um, maybe my hand's a little clammy, so I've got to add the rosin bag that day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta approach everybody a, a little bit different and, um, just give them some variety and, and figure out what, what their brains attached to and what system works for them. You know, it's funny you bring up Tiger Woods. When you were talking about, you know, your ball speed, you know, change your active rotation, changing your speed, and you have your A1A, I believe you called it. You know, the way that Tiger Woods sees shot shapes is he sees a nine, like a nine table grid pretty much. And top left is 
these big cuts and down the middle is high, you know, high, high straight and the top right is, is high draw, you know, and it, he sees this kind of grid in his shot shapes. It sounds very similar to how you want to create ball motion. You see ball speed, rev rate, you know, things like that. So it's very, it's cool to hear that because the same mindset that some of the greatest in the world and other sports have and you do as well. So that's very, very cool to hear. Um, but one thing I want to, to ask you, and this question I love to ask many people, um, and again, you, you, you bowl at so many levels and you, you're finding so much success in college now. What's one thing that you would either, and you can answer this how you please, it could be the, either be the first year Mike in coaching or to the present Mike or even the, the rookie on tour uh, Mike to now the, the person you are now. What's one piece of advice or word or something you would say um, to yourself now from, from back in the day? Well, uh, if I look back at my my uh, first couple years on tour, I would have said, Michael, shut the hell up. Be a sponge. Talk less, listen more. Uh, that would be number one. Uh, I got caught up in pointing at the lane man or the oil or the pattern, and and I got I got caught up a little bit in in making excuses and. Uh, I am a much, much different person now, and I, I credit a lot of that to uh, a guy that I caddied for for a number of years, a real competitive golfer around here, and he I actually worked for him as the assistant coach of the golf team at Mercyhurst, uh, Ron Coleman. Um, he views himself as the luckiest person on the planet, and there are no excuses. And it took a long time to kind of retrain my brain to think that way, um, but it's probably the, the, the biggest benefit um uh, to me as a person, as a competitor, uh, is to, is to don't get caught up in how many ring tens or solid eights you left. You know, remember that you tripped the four nine. That was pretty lucky. Uh, don't count the breaks. Just keep moving forward. And, and when earth adversity shows its face, then, you know, that's your opportunity to, to come through and step up. So, uh, that would be, that would be that. Um, as far as like advice to me as a, as a rookie coach, boy, I don't, I don't know. I think we did things pretty, pretty darn good here. Um, I think the, the key word is, is patience and the key phrase is trust the process. And, and I think we've done a, we've done a great job here that at Mercier's. Well, great stuff, Mike Winchuga. I want to thank you for being here today on the podcast. All the best of luck with the ladies, and we will certainly be catching up with you. Uh, appreciate you making some time to join us and all the best out there on the lanes. Guys, thank you, and uh, keep doing a great job. I'll be tuning in, uh, tuning in like always. I sure appreciate it. It's a great, great show, and it's great for the game. So thank you all very much.